This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And we've got an excellent episode for you today. It's a good one. We've got uh, Jesse Johnson, mortgage broker uh, extraordinaire with the Jesse Johnson Mortgage Team out of Dominion Lending. Yeah. And Klaus Road, who's a property manager with Century 21 In-Town Realty. Yeah. And uh, Adam, as you know, and it's really the talk of the real estate world right now, uh, the feds have come out with new mortgage rules. Yes. uh, And that spurred us to uh, get in touch with uh, Jesse and uh, have him on to explain what those rules are and exactly how they're going to impact you. Exactly. So we'll have Jesse explain that. Um, Really interesting interview with him. And then we're going to cut to an interview with Klaus Road, property manager, to just give us an update about the rental market. Yeah. I mean, we, we were having this discussion before we talked to Klaus and Klaus actually I think shed light on on this subject of the relationship between the rental market in Vancouver and and the real estate market. I mean right. all signs here point to a slightly slowing market from the way it was a couple of months back and we've covered that uh, extensively extensively on this podcast. But what does that do to the rental market if anything? And uh, that's uh, kind of the key driving force of that conversation we had with Klaus. Well why don't we just uh, get right to it? Here's our interview with Jesse Johnson, mortgage broker with the Jesse Johnson Mortgage Team. Enjoy, guys. So I'm here with Jesse Johnson. How are you doing, Jesse? 
I'm fantastic. How are you? Uh, doing well, thanks. Doing well. So um, obviously, we've just had these uh, these new mortgage rules announced. Um, can you just explain to our listeners what are the mortgage changes? Well, okay. So I guess well, we'll start from the top. So the people that are going to be affected by this the most would be individuals purchasing with less than twenty percent down. So this is called high ratio. Insurance so it basically means you have to use one of three insurers, CMHC, Genworth, or Canada Guarantee. And essentially what's going to happen is in order to qualify for a five-year mortgage, you have to pass a stress test. However, a lot of people don't realize the stress test has been around for years. It's, it has only applied to terms of less than five years or variable rate mortgages. It, the five-year, it, what it never applied to. So, now, essentially, the stress test is being added on to everything else, which I actually think is a, sorry, I meant the five-year term, which I think is fantastic. I think it's a really good thing. Um, we've been teaching people about payment shock for years, and this is essentially now being forced upon. So I, I think that's awesome. Now, where it is not so awesome is on the conventional side, uh, a lot of the lenders, 75 to 80% of them actually back end and shirk. So what that means is a lot of the changes, uh, even though you have greater than you know 20% or greater down, still will affect you if you wanted to use one of these lenders. They're also called monoline lenders or broker wholesale lenders. So in this circumstance, um, if you wanted a 30-year amortization, you're going to have to pay for it more. A lot of lenders are going to charge you a surplus now in order to get that because they have to find additional investors to be able to pull that off. Um, if you want to refinance, a lot of lenders are losing their ability to do that. Um, they, they all have to have this stress test, even though you've got 20% down. So they, there's a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty, not only just in the market right now and what's going to happen, but even with lenders. A lot of the lenders themselves, they don't even know what's going on. I've been actually asking lenders all day, all week, I should say, to give me an exact fine print on what's going on. Half of them can't tell me they're going to get back to us soon because they haven't figured it out. They're still, mm. you know, at the last second trying to put everything back together. The interesting thing, though, is the big banks and credit unions uh, for conventional mortgages, again, with 20% down or greater, are not affected by this as of today. And that, I find, is rather frustrating. It's not a level playing field for lenders. The big banks are going to be overwhelmed with business for people trying to avoid the stress test. Um, now, that could change tomorrow. So at which point of the process, uh, so if you have people that are basically pre-qualified right now, do they have to have a firm and binding deal? by? And, and let's actually back up. When exactly is the is the is the date that these new rules are going to be implemented? Well, there's a few different dates in here to throw to throw around. So for one, they say if you don't if you don't have your purchase uh, contract uh, submitted to a lender by October 17th, then um, you know then different the, the the new rules will apply to you. So the interesting thing though is a lot of lenders are they're not saying the 17th. A lot of them have already cut it off. Um, they don't want to be bombed with a, a zillion applications on the 17th. Right. So that's kind of the first thing is we're already seeing a lot of these lenders are um, saying you have to apply under the new rules already. Now, 
even if you get your application in on, on a, um, a live deal, so not a pre-approval, because those, those don't count as submissions, it has to fund by March 1st of 2017. Now, there's some, there's a few additional changes that I'm finding are happening November 30th. And the interesting thing is some lenders are different. Um, they're not all exactly the same with when they're going to implement the changes. Some are implementing it already. They're implementing it at the start of the week. Others are waiting right till November 30th. So as a mortgage broker, it's very frustrating trying to explain this to clients. Um, and articulating which lenders have what options because it's literally changing by the hour. So who do you see this impacting mostly in terms of buyers? Is this, is this high net worth individuals? Is this first time home buyers? Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. It's, it's the, it's the everyday Canadian um, who's going to be hit with this, this, you know, the, the, the first home buyer, these are not the, the 1% people, they're not going to be affected by this. Right. Um, you know, foreign buyers are probably uh, thinking it's Christmas right now because it's going to wipe out a lot of competition. Um, I mean, the, here's how I look at it. If you were previously shopping for Vancouver, now you're shopping for Burnaby. If you were looking at Burnaby, well, now you're probably looking at Coquitlam and then Coquitlam, Surrey, and then Abbotsford. And it just, it basically, it's forcing you to go east. If you are a buyer and you can't have a purchase contract in time for the 17th, essentially what's going to happen, of course, if you have less than 20% down, um, you are essentially losing approximately 20% of your buying power. That's a big one. So if you were going to really be approved for a 500 purchase with 5% down, now you have to go look at homes worth 400000 Right. And so any predictions on how this might affect the market? <laughs> if you look at a couple of years ago, um, if you go back a couple of years ago when something similar happened with high-ratio mortgages where they said, you know what, no more 35-year amortization, which I still actually don't agree with. I think, I think if people had good enough credit, they should still be allowed that. Um, but they said no more 30, 30 year AMs is 25 tops, uh, if you need, you know, CMHC or, or whatnot. Um, and what happened was, you know, we all thought Armageddon was happening. Aliens are invading, we're all going to die kind of deal for about two months. And then it all of a sudden turned around and started picking up, picking up, picking up, and then went into one of the strongest real estate booms we've ever had. Right. So do I think it's going to do something? Yeah, I think, I don't think it's going to really pick up probably until spring, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if end of November, yeah, maybe picked up a little bit. People just have to adjust and understand that this is the new, this is the way it is. Just understand that the house you were going to buy for five is now four. And that's just the way it is. And some of these people can take them six to 12 months to be able to wrap their head around it. Some people never will. Do you do you see any other further changes coming to to lending or? Well, I'm hoping that they make the playing field level with regards to all of the lenders. It's really, really, really unfair that the banks and credit unions, which only represent probably 20 percent of the number of lenders that are available, they're exempt from these rules. They're not affected, I should say, by these rules. So um, I, I have a feeling there's something there is going to change in the near future. Um, we were told there were changes coming down the pipe, but they didn't say what. We never thought it was going to be this extreme um, or one-sided. So 
to be honest, it's difficult because none of us, none of the banks, lenders, no one predicted this coming. So the way <laughs> it's leading, it's pretty hard to predict anything when it comes to upcoming rules. Perfect. So Jesse, how can uh, people get a hold of you? They can go to my website, jessejohnson.ca. Um, that would be ideal. Uh, check it out. There are lots of educational videos on there. They can call me direct at uh, 604-628-628. Five five four eight as well. Um, one other quick closing point I wanted to say on this, though. Generally, when speaking with clients, we tell them to not uh, exceed thirty percent of your income. Even though the banks might say we'll give you thirty five, they used to say up to forty four. We always say keep it at thirty. That way, you're able to still save ten percent per year. Um, and this is basically forcing you to kind of do that. I, I, I actually think the stress test is a good thing. But anyways, excellent. Well, hey, Jesse, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Have a good day, guys. Take care. And that was Jesse Johnson with the Jesse Johnson Mortgage Team. I always enjoy talking to Jesse. He's got, he he definitely knows what he's talking about. Definitely knows what he's talking about. A lively guy, interesting guy. So we're going to shift gears here and talk to property manager Klaus Rode. He's a property manager with Century 21 In-Town Realty in Yaletown, and uh, he gives us a good idea of what's going on with rentals right now. Just an overall view of of the market. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for Klaus. He's a smart guy. Enjoy. Okay, we're here with Klaus Rode from Century 21, property manager extraordinaire. How are you doing, Klaus? Pretty good. How are you doing? Pretty good, thanks. Uh, maybe we'll start by uh, just with the question we always start with here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure, yeah. I've uh, started the property management division at Century 21 about two and a half years ago. Um, we set up uh, initially with four units and we're now running in excess of 230 units. Uh, so it's wow. been a yeah bit of a growth curve, but uh, it's uh, been a lot of fun. Okay, fantastic. What we brought you on uh, is we had Sarah Penman, who's a colleague of yours, on uh, early on in the podcast, and the market was very hot then, both in the resale uh, market and in in the property management world. And we just wanted to touch base and see basically how the rental market is right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. Uh, Overall, we've had a bit of a slowdown. Um, I think every property manager I've talked to in the last few weeks can definitely back me up on that one. Um, I think initially, about four or five months ago, we were sitting, according to uh, CMHC, at uh, 0.4 vacancy downtown. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's gone up to about 0.8, although I think that really depends on which category you're looking at. I think one bedrooms and studios, you're still looking pretty much at 0.4. Uh, whereas two bedrooms, you're probably looking over one percent between somewhere between one and two percent vacancy, um, because there's definitely a lot more inventory on the market right now. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, thinking back to Sarah Penman's interview, she was saying that two bedrooms were actually in higher demand at that point. It sounds so. It sounds like it's it's switched and back to more of a traditional market in the rental market. I would assume for sure. Yeah, yeah. studios, and I I think in part. You know, there, there's several factors. I mean, on one hand, you've got the um, city of Vancouver with their crackdown on Airbnb right now or a proposed crackdown. And a lot of owners are starting to pull their furnished two bedrooms off the market for short term and putting them onto the long term market. So that's bringing in a lot more inventory. Um, plus, there's a lot of um, 
units that um, were previously um, for sale and owners couldn't sell them because of the slowdown in the sort of higher end market for two bedroom units, anything that's priced between about a million to two million. And uh, they seem to be coming over to the rental market now and uh, starting to um, increase the inventory quite a bit. Yeah, so that's an interesting point. And we were talking about it before we we went live here. I was trying to think about the correlation between uh, a market slowdown in the real estate market and the rental market and if there is any correlation. And it's interesting. It sounds like you're saying that the the slowest market uh, or price band in, in Vancouver real estate right now, basically between 1 million and 2 million are the units that are 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 not moving and and those people instead of selling them those sellers are actually taking them off the market and putting them on as rentals and therefore uh flooding that market yeah absolutely and and i think that's you know it's just makes good sense for the owners or the investors i mean they wouldn't want to sell at loss so right rather than doing that rent them out it covers the mortgage uh, because the rents are still fairly good uh, we did see a bit of a decrease but uh Overall, I think last year, between last year and this year, they say we, we had an increase somewhere between 11 and 15% in rents. So even if you have a 4 or 5% dip in rents going down, you're still well ahead of what it used to be. Yeah, you're still – I was speaking to somebody the other day who had rented their place three or four years ago, and the rent seems insane, what yeah. they're paying. You know, It's yeah. like uh, the glory days of, of 2012, 2013. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, – you know, I was talking to a, a – somebody looking at a property this morning and uh, the owners are moving back into their suite um, and they're only paying 2000 a month for a one and den and uh, she's having a hard time finding anything less than 2500 right now. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh, definitely a wake-up call for some tenants. The slowdown is, if I understand correctly, kind of higher-end two-bedroom units. Uh, it, would you say that the prices on studios, one-bedrooms, are is still holding strong in uh, terms of the rental uh, income it can generate? It's, uh, yeah, I think it's sort of leveled out in the past few months. Um, on average, I think for the average one-bedroom downtown, we're getting about eighteen, nineteen hundred now, which about two years ago would have been 1500 mm-hmm. So it's been a, a very steep increase for a lot of people. But it's it seems to have leveled off now, though. So if studios and one-bedrooms are performing best now and um you know six months ago when we talked to sarah penman it sounded like two bedrooms were performing best uh what would you uh, suggest to uh investors uh, interested in in purchasing a, a rental property right now in terms of mitigating risk uh what what type of property and and in what area would you suggest well downtown is always the most consistent and one bedrooms are always the most consistent um, because when the market does slow down Usually one-bedrooms don't slow down. When the market heats up a little bit, um, the prices do come up. um, But once they start to get a little too expensive, then it slows down and the two-bedrooms pick up. um, Because then two roommates could rent a two-bedroom for less than a one-bedroom. But for consistency, one-bedrooms are usually the best investment. Uh, In terms of areas, um, I mean, downtown is always good Mm -hmm. um, because that's where people want to be. other areas right now that I'm personally finding for some of my clients uh, in South Surrey, uh, White Rock, uh, the Morgan Creek area has been quite good because rents for one bedrooms there on average were getting 1500 uh, which wow. is a really good return. I didn't even know you travel out that far. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you've got to do what you've got to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then in uh, Port uh, Coquitlam, actually, we've been pretty lucky. I, I 
took over a few properties for um, one of our agents in the office um, just as a favor and um, ended up actually uh, picking up a few more suites out there and uh, rents are pretty good uh, between 12 to 1400 for one bedrooms and in terms of investment it, it's definitely a pretty good location to be in uh, and then um, burnaby there's uh, certain pockets the closer you are to a major transportation hub is probably better mm-hmm. and it, and one of the uh, comments sarah made was olympic village is hotter than yale town is that yeah. still holding true absolutely yeah. really yeah it's it's newer most of the new buildings there have air conditioning, which you don't find in in uh, Yale Town all that readily. So it's definitely much higher demand. Interesting. Okay, uh, shifting gears a little bit, I, I just wanted to talk about uh, the the market uh, slowdown over the last couple months since the foreign buyers tax and um, Gregor Robertson's push to uh, against vacancy. Uh, it sounds like this is potentially starting to have a. a a positive impact, uh, or at least achieving the goals that uh, the mayor wants uh, in the rental market. What impact do you see these taxes having on on the rental market, kind of over the next couple of years? Well, I think for the the higher end stuff, um, we're definitely seeing a bit of a slowdown and more inventory in the rentals. Uh, that being said, um, I, I don't really see there's a you know much more inventory coming up for the one bedrooms and studios, and that doesn't seem to be as affected because that's usually more driven by the uh, local market. Um, so it, it's sort of, a, it's, it's a mixed bag. So, you know, on, on one hand, you do get more inventory, which is the intent between behind what the city of Vancouver is trying to do. Right. Um, but it's in the larger, the two and three bedroom units, which ultimately I don't think is what the average person is really looking for in Vancouver. So um, I, I think maybe, yes, we are going to see some changes there and some prices maybe even coming down on the higher end stuff. Um, but it's still not going to replace, you know, what we're really needing—the um, one bedrooms and the studios for the the single person or the you know people that want to live by themselves rather than living with roommates. You know, we always tell investors that you know go for the the cheap and simple, the one beds; mm-hmm. those are always in demand. And now with the pre-sales downtown, uh, the city seems to be really pushing for larger units for for. Mm-hmm. "Quote unquote" families, the two yeah. and three bedrooms. Uh, there's a couple new developments that are focused almost exclusively on two and three bedrooms. You know, not only are the prices or the prices of those units uh, out of reach for a lot of people, but it sounds like in the rental market too, uh, they're not actually what is the market is suggesting is in demand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's you've got to look at it this way. I mean, how many families can afford to pay top dollar rent? And yeah. you know, while the idea is nice to live in downtown Vancouver. Uh, well, what would a three-bedroom right now, just off the top, uh, downtown, fairly nice building? Uh, in your building, between forty-two to five thousand. Yeah. So it, it it's in the higher side, I, and you know, ultimately, with that amount of money, a young family could get a house, a mortgage mm-hmm. on a house somewhere further out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the sad reality. So, so it's not helping that category at all, and it's not helping the uh, the younger people moving into Vancouver. Right, at the price points that they're yeah, selling. Right? Exactly. Of course. Okay, and last, Klaus, uh, 
I know you don't manage yourself Airbnb rentals and you have what close to 90, 90 units you look after. Just wanted a lot of our, our listeners are interested in, in short term rentals. Uh, and obviously, when you look at the numbers, sometimes it looks pretty enticing. What are your thoughts on, on Airbnb and, and why don't you manage them yourself? Yeah, well, it's, uh, I, I don't manage them for simple tax reasons because I, you know, I knew there would be a tax coming for short term stays. Um, I think everybody was aware that eventually the city would be cracking down on that um and it's just a little too labor intensive for me i mean it's um you know the the turnover with checkouts check-ins that sure. sort of thing so it's something i wasn't particularly interested in okay um it it definitely is a good model uh, for some people and it can be good money for some people it's um yeah, it's, it's one of those uh, hot-button issues in Vancouver, for sure. sure. Uh, I mean, the city's starting to crack down on it a bit. Uh, I, I think the the ruling that they're trying to come down with isn't really going to please anybody. The um, snitching rule? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a bit of an issue. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I agree with it. Um, for, for me, I mean, the long-term rentals obviously take priority, um, but Airbnb, I mean, something is to be said for it. And for the big positive for a lot of landlords is either, you know, sometimes it's the money. It's also the fact that uh, most people that are renting an Airbnb are outside the residential tenancy rules. Um, and they're basically just on a, a, a license. They're not a tenant. They're not on a lease. And they're a lot easier. more flexibility, right? A, a way more flexibility. Uh, if you don't like your tenant, you can basically change the locks and they're gone mm-hmm. uh, whereas trying to evict somebody in a residential tenancy situation can take three four months sometimes and cost a, a ton of money right uh, so you know there is a definite advantage there um, you know the drawback is yes the city of vancouver is saying it's taking away from the overall rental stock which um, you know maybe it is maybe it isn't i mean airbnb says it pres- presents maybe one percent of overall rentals um, i think it's probably more than that but it's probably less than what the city thinks it is right um and um you know then how do you control it you know i mean with strata rules there's certain rules and regulations and and owners are getting fined you know is that the right way to go as well i'm i'm not sure because ultimately there have been some rulings in the past where it doesn't look like the strata can actually uphold those fines um, on a sale of the property or put a lien against a property. Um, so it, it's definitely a very complicated issue. Yeah, but but by the sounds of it, one that you're probably smart to stay away, <laughs> stay away from. Stay away from, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know your model is get a, get a, get a good tenant yep. who pays good rent. Yeah, and, and stays uh, longer rather than shorter. Stays longer yeah. and just sit back and cash yeah. the checks. And um, Exactly, and even for the furnished rentals that we do, um, we tend to look for anything that's 30 to 60 days or longer. So it's more of a corporate traveler and they're more consistent. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, fantastic. Maybe we'll leave it there, Klaus. How can uh, people get a hold of you? Uh, you can call me on my cell at 604-760-5856 or look me up at klausrode.ca. That's K-L-A-U-S-R-O-D-E.ca or rentinvancity.com. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Klaus. Thank you. So once again, folks, that was our discussion with Klaus Road from Century 21 Intel and Realty, property manager and realtor, uh, as well as Jesse Johnson from the Jesse Johnson Mortgage Team prior to that. What, what, what was your biggest takeaway from the Klaus interview? 
from the close interview, I, like I said on the lead-in, I mean, I really was uh, uh, had a question about the relationship between uh, the rental market and and the real estate market, and if it was slowing at all, and how the the new rules impacted the rental market. And I think close spoke to that in kind of a really interesting way. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's interesting. It's interesting the way that how, that the price bands in the real estate market also impact the price bands of the rental market. Yeah. Right. Where if it's slow in a particular market or if it's over flooded, then it makes it more challenging to rent it out because you see a lot of people maybe take their property off the market and put it into the rental market as yeah, well. Yeah, that's exactly right? it. Right. It makes more sense to rent the property and and the rental prices come down. I guess that's obviously what the the whole goal of uh, of Mayor Gregor Robertson's plan is to kind of flood the market with with uh, more units and, sure. and bring the prices down. But uh, if stuff's not selling and moving, more hits the rental market for sure. One more thing, Matt. We've got a new website coming out. It's uh, it's going to be launching really soon. We're yeah. trying to get it done before the end of the year. We're really excited about it. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And uh, the other thing we wanted to do is, is uh, if you haven't gone back and listened to our archives, we've got some great episodes. Please do, uh, please do listen to past episodes and join us on Facebook where we we keep the discussion going. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please do yeah, share them on know. our Facebook or, or reach out to us. And uh, yeah, we appreciate all the support and all the questions. And uh, yeah, so Matt, how can people reach you? Yeah, they can reach me at 778-847-2854 or at matt at scalinarealestate.com. Or adam at scalinarealestate.com or 778-866-4574. And then on Partisan Line? Info at scalinarealestate.com. Okay, guys. Well, that's this week's episode. Uh, Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Join us on Wednesday next week. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join. 
type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakwind, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakwind.com slash join typing in VRP 2020.